There he is. All right, how's that, fellas? All right, Jay. We have connection. How's it going today, man? I know you're just good, getting man. Home. Yeah, yeah, just ran through the door. Did you guys have a good holiday weekend? Yeah. Solid. It was low-key. Turtle, what'd you do? Hit the golf course? I hit the golf course. I went out to brunch with my family, my wife, my brother, and then just played golf. You know, it was pretty good. Just hung out. Yeah. What about you guys? Same. Um, Low-key. Me and the wife were with the parents down in my old hometown. And, uh, yeah, my brothers were busy. So it was, you know... Four fan, four person event, but you know we saw the Celtics game. Jason Tatum nice. with buzzer beating layup right in Kyrie Irving's face. So I loved every minute of that. Yep. And uh, you Boston away from us there in the fourth quarter. It was getting away from us, and I'm so happy we came back. Absolutely, because it's like you know how often are you the two seed and you got to face a team you know. Like Brooklyn, who is only the seventh seed because of you know Kyrie not playing most of the games because of you know the the COVID rules in New York and and all that, right? So like I was like, how are we going to finish this high and get a first round knockout? But that's not the topic for today. We love the Celtics. We're happy they won. We'll watch them on Wednesday. But today um, we're talking top twelve dynasty wide receivers. Jay's filling in for a missing BD today who's got the flu. So, Jay, thanks for getting your top 12 together and, and into the consensus rankings. But it's also kind of cool because we had a, a pretty big trade go down in the Dynasty League today that we wanted to to talk about. Turtle, you obviously feel like there was some double crossing going on. So <laughs> I'll lay out the trade, and I'll let you guys kind of break it down. So I sent away Nick Chubb, a 2022 fifth-round rookie pick and a 2023 fifth-round rookie pick, and I got – um, the 2022 second round pick, a 2023 first round pick, and Ramondre Stevenson return. So, Jay, why don't you uh, start by by talking about your end, why you were interested in doing the trade, and, and how you like it now that it's complete? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Chubb's definitely. Uh, I think he's a little underrated in the fantasy community, um, just because of the whole Kareem Hunt factor and how Cleveland has used him in the past. I'm hoping with Deshaun Watson getting there, it kind of changes things a little with the touchdown upside and how they're going to use him. But I've been chasing a uh, second elite back to go with Dalvin Cook and uh, bolster my starting lineup as I come from full-on rebuild mode to full-on trying to contend mode. And uh, that was probably the best deal I was going to get at the moment. I probably could have been a little more patient with that pick because I think we all think it's going to be the 101 next year, which is either – Stroud, Young, or Bijan, and uh-huh. it's going to have a lot of value. But uh, Turtle was diamond hands with uh, CMC and Saquon. I, I tried going at him for a couple days, and uh, you and I were going back and forth over Chubb for a couple days, and I tried getting Joey in the mix over Derrick Henry. So I was definitely <laughs> shopping around on the uh, big names, and then we uh, landed on Chubb. So I definitely think I paid a premium, but uh, I'm hoping it works out. Yeah, and, and you you also said you were going after Javante. What was what was that Absolutely. offer? I'm interested I, I, in the Javante I, I offer because he's obviously an elite asset. I went hard at Corey. I I offered up both of the what we call the rosy first round picks, twenty three <laughs> and twenty four. And I, so 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 I offered both of the rosy first rounders. I offered Elijah Moore. I offered Ramondre Stevenson for Javante, and it got shot down. Wow. Wow, that's a big trade. So for the listeners, um, now and, and when this podcast goes goes live on, on iTunes and Spotify, um, the rosy first-round picks in our league, um, they're, what Jay's referring to is they're, they're the projected or forecasted 101s in, in the years 23 and 24. Um, now, I will caveat that by saying people in general – that's picking stocks, that's betting on, on, on regular sports games, that's setting your lineup in fantasy, way overstate their ability to project. Um, and a few things could, could go right for a few teams and a few things could go wrong for others. And those forecasted projections could be way off and, and they, it might not be the 101. But um, it, I, I guess what, what 
it boils down to is pretty safe to say it might be a high round, high pick, you know, top three or top four or five, uh, just because that team is self-admittedly expecting to rebuild for, for a few years. So we'll see what it, what it shakes out to be, but it, but it should be a high one. Turtle, I think I cut you off a little bit. Why don't you just wrap up um, this trade breakdown with your personal take and maybe your personal feelings since you were involved in the, as a possible contender. Yeah, it was it was honestly the more the more that I I really think about it and put the pride and ego aside, it was a great trade for both parties. You know, Jay really wants to compete this year. Matt, you already have so many pieces where losing that one piece isn't really going to hurt you too much. The reason I was frustrated with it is because Matt is texting me, he's like, "We can't feed Jay an elite running back. We can't feed Jay an elite running back." And then next thing you know. Matt feeds Jay an elite running back, so it's just kind of funny, you know. It's just how it works. It's just how it's just how fantasy works. It's always some ult, uh, ulterior motives going on, but it's it's all in good fun. And I think that uh, in the end, it really does boost Jay's uh, contender projections for this year. I think he definitely finishes in the top three to four, um, as as you do, Matt. So it's it's not like there was a huge shift in in power dynamic. Yeah, and and honestly. I'll be completely transparent. Jay, you pull off a trade last night. I think it landed you. It was a big trade. You landed A.J. Brown. You landed Dak Prescott. You landed Michael Carter, et cetera. And when I looked at your roster, me and Turtle were texting after that trade, you know, was was pushed through. And I said, his only weak spot in his lineup is RB. Like, if, if we're playing keep away like we are with QBs with Turtle, so to speak, <laughs> we've got to play keep away with RB with Jay. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was the first thought to my mind and I ended up being the first one to break. So yeah, maybe don't trust me with your secrets. Cause, uh, apparently I break pretty easily when you broke. Deal. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, was a good deal. deal. It was a good deal. It was a good deal. I'll give you that. All right. Yeah. Last one, last 24 hours were fun. We're definitely keeping April fun in the league. Cause, uh, I ended up getting Dak Prescott, uh, A.J. Brown, and Mikey Andrews all in 24 hours. So There you go. And now Nick Chubb. Yeah, that's our hashtag, right? Keep April, keep April interesting. It's a slow month, right? We're going to have the rookie draft, but uh, it's a slow month for football. So we're keeping April interesting at our own rate. And we're going to do that a little bit today. We're going to talk the Dynasty Top 12 wide receiver rankings. And there's not a lot of controversy at the top. And I'd say the one, two, three, four, five, there's very little controversy. Uh, as we go further down, we can start, you know, a little bit more than splitting hairs. We might dig in with, you know, some of our, uh, some of our takes. And it'll be interesting to see how, how these ultimately play out, you know, in, in the next even six months before the season starts, how things shift because rookies are going to be coming in, potentially crowding the backfields. Some of these guys are going to be holding out, digging in. Um, and you don't know how that's going to play out in, in the short term anyway, when some of these wide receivers have new quarterbacks to get acclimated to and uh, new coaching staffs, etc. So, We'll get to that. Let, let's jump in. The, the consensus number one is Justin Jefferson. He came in um, almost with a perfect 1.0 average when we averaged these out. He was uh, Tyler, your number two, and he was my and Jay's number one. Um, why, why don't you start, Tyler? You had him number two, but um, tell us a little bit about Justin Jefferson and, and, and why he was just a little bit under Jamar. Well, you know what? When I really think about that, when I sent you the list originally, I literally had Justin Jefferson slash Jamar Chase because I really do think it's just picking hairs. I can consider either one of them 1A, 1B, and I don't think that – I don't even think that it's worth it to put one below the other because I think they're just so – both so young and so dynamic that they could be on the exact same line um, for the rankings. If I were to pick one – I would pick I would pick Jamar Chase just because he's paired with Joe Burrow. I don't know much. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins, so that that's why. And you know what? That that's fair. If you if you are like, hey, let me flip a coin, or I need a tiebreaker, uh, just going with maybe the the potentially better long term uh, QB. Yeah, is a nice way to to kind of break that argument. They're both twenty two years old. 
I'll, uh, I'll, I'll plant my flag a little bit in the ground here with why I went Justin Jefferson um, over uh, Jamar Chase. So I'll start by saying here is, is Jamar Chase's rookie year, right? The one that set the world on fire, best rookie season ever, blah, blah, blah. 128 targets, 81 receptions, 1,455 receiving yards, and 13 touchdowns. All right, so remember those. 128 targets, 81, and 14.55. Jefferson's rookie season, 125 targets, three less, 88 receptions, seven more, 1,400 receiving yards flat, 55 yards less. Where does it happen? Uh, Where does the difference happen? Justin Jefferson, seven touchdowns. Jamar Chase, 13. What do we know in fantasy? Touchdowns are not year-over-year dependable. They they fluctuate. What you really want is the targets. You want the receptions. You want that production because eventually the touchdowns come. Now, what does Jefferson do year-over-year? All right, from going 125, 88, 1400, he goes from 125, 167 targets. He goes from 88 receptions to 108. He goes from 1,400 yards to 1,616. And he goes from seven touchdowns to 10. Improvement across the board. And again, we're talking a 22-year-old. It's incredible. I love the way he runs routes. He doesn't run them. He doesn't cut. He doesn't... He glides. I, I, if, I don't know any better way to, to say it other than he glides. His body is in total control. He is just a speedy ballerina or ghost or something out there. It's crazy. Um, now, Chase, as I said, matched or maybe even he, – he beat the rookie season by, by, you know, on the margins. What he does to follow up is still a question mark. I've seen it happen for two years consistently, year over year, getting better with Jefferson. So my eyeballs tell me this guy is sustained, right? Chase – we got to see year two. So that to me, even more so than the QB, I just went with the body of work. That was my, that my take on Jefferson number one, instead of chase. What about you, Jay? I agree with you, Matt. You pretty basically covered all the bases as to why I picked Jefferson over chase and the surrounding cast had a lot to do with it too, with chase having Boyd and Higgins. Plus they're adding Hayden Hurst, who I think is going to upgrade that tight end position. I just feel like that Jefferson is the only game in town outside of, you know, you got an aging Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne's on the come up and an Irv Smith at tight end, but Jefferson is the main, main weapon there. And I could see Cincinnati, you know, kind of moving that ball around just a little bit where, you know, and uh, chase could get a little bit less work. Plus his efficiency numbers were through the roof with the touchdowns with, um, you know, the yardage on that number of receptions. And I'm buying the Twitter hype from Jefferson himself. Um, they're saying he's going to be the Cooper Cup in this offense, move him around, put him in great positions. So I'm I'm buying into some of that hype too. So that's right. Jefferson's that's right. Number one. Yep. Totally forgot. Yeah. The the new head coach there is uh, the previous OC, right? For from LA Rams, right? So he's bringing over yep. that. Hey, yeah, they moved Jefferson around, but they didn't move him around like we did Cooper. So. Forgot about that piece. Jay, let me ask you before we turn the page on Jefferson. Um, does does Is Cousins holding Jefferson back or is because he is the, the one guy, he, it, it's fine? Like if he had a better QB, are we seeing even better seasons? Or like what, what more can we expect from a guy second year in the league? Even I, I think Kirk? sometimes when you get these mediocre to average quarterbacks, it's not a bad thing for their number one receiver. I mean, look at a guy like Matt Ryan, always been big on his number one guy, like a Julio or a Calvin. Mm-hmm. And these mediocre quarterbacks that can't get to the second and third read sometimes that funnel in on the number one guy, it doesn't hurt the number one guy. Yeah, I, that's, that's true. And especially if they're willing to make take on Cousins. Throw, I don't right? think Cousins holds him back. I think it's more of a he may benefit from the fact that Cousins can't get to the third and fourth read sometimes. Yeah. Less mobile, needs to get it out quicker. I'm looking at my first guy. It makes a lot of sense. So, Chase, I laid out, guys. We'll move on to, to, to number two. That was the consensus two. Uh, Jay, you're in my number two. And um, Turtle, 
your number one, although, as you clarified, it was a flip of the coin for you. But clearly, you know, he's he's up there. If you were starting up in a dynasty league and you had to pick your wide receiver one, you're not making a bad choice by going one or the other. Um, we laid out Chase's um, rookie season. The, the big thing that jumps off the pace is the 13 touchdowns. You know, that's that's – you know, you could put a couple Julio seasons together and still not get to 13 touchdowns. So he's tied to Joe Burrow. They're young, former teammates. Uh, it looks like they just got a good group of guys upgraded the offensive line. Uh, there's, there's the arrows are just pointing straight up for Jamar Chase. You know, <clears throat> like what really can you say bad? I think, I think the the interesting thing is if he's not on your team, how do you get him there in Dynasty? Um, but before, you know, maybe. Uh, trying to probe on that turtle, uh, Jason. What are your what are your any other do- thoughts on Chase? We we touched on him a little bit. You know what the the craziest part about it is like what you just said. In my opinion, when it is extremely difficult to obtain these players, you know that their rankings are going to be much higher because people value guys like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, these elite running backs, the young elite running backs, so much more. And it's it's next near impossible, especially in our league, to even have a conversation with the owner of those guys about trading them. So, you know, yeah. that speaks volumes about those types of players where it's just like these guys are the cornerstone of my team. They are the guys I'm going to have diamonds hands with and I'm not moving on. So that just speaks volumes to both those guys. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you, Turtle, especially when you say in our league, because we all know who owns Jamar Chase in our league, and good luck ever getting that guy off of that team. So, yeah, um, we've all, I think we've all taken cracks at that one with multiple offers of players, picks, and I don't think we, I, I don't know what we could offer him to get him to move Jamar Chase, because I don't think anything would get him to move the needle. Nor do I. Which is fine. That's good. It's a, it's not it's a good trait to have. He he knows he knows who his cornerstone players are, and he's not going to move them. And, and it paid dividends last year. So I mean, why would he? And, Absolutely. And, and quite honestly, you know, uh, we're talking our league a little bit, but I know the listeners are going to have that same thing. They're going to be the one person. Uh, they're they're going to know of the one person in their league who is like that. Um, or maybe they're the person who's like that, and they're just like, yeah, like this is this is my ride or die. Like he's he's sticking around. When you got a twenty-two year old wide receiver, and you think, well, I can have this guy for the next decade. Uh, yeah, it's hard to to change someone's mind. Uh, it's a little bit easier, I think, with maybe the running backs who have a shorter shelf life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could con- you could needle your way in. You could convince them. You could give them a guy that's you know in terms of rankings three or four spots lower and some other pieces and, and you can pry those guys away, but wide receivers in a dynasty format QBs in a, in a super flex dynasty format, man, we're talking some of the hardest um, assets to pry away. So he, let, talking of elite assets, let's roll right into number three. This is, this is a guy who had, you know, a season for the ages, uh, second best all time season as a wide receiver. He is the number one wide receiver in Dynasty, if not for age, he's the number one wide receiver in a redraft league. That's for sure, most likely, even over Jefferson and Chase. But Dynasty, he slots in as our consensus number three. It's Cooper Cup from the L.A. Rams. Um, Jason, why don't you why don't you tell us what uh, it goes through your mind when you think of, of Cooper Cup and Dynasty? He was your number four, and um, he was Turtles' number four as well. He was my number three. Yeah, I struggled with putting him at number four because I, I really wanted to put him at number three. But I just felt like last year was so over the top, and it's going to be hard to repeat that. And yeah. even even him coming down a little bit could still be wide receiver one in fantasy. Mm. But the age factored in just a hair. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm usually a guy who with receivers, I'm good till they're 31, 32. So I didn't try to penalize the age too much there. And, um, you know, my number three was A.J. Brown. Uh-huh. Who I th- you know I don't think you can go wrong either way. AJ is unbelievable when he's on the field. The, a little bit of the injury bug. I know we joke around a little bit in our circles, you know, with his injuries and giving him nicknames and stuff. But I I, I think you can't go wrong with anybody in this top five, really. But um, the age played a little bit of a role in me bumping him down to four. But that's probably the only reason. Yeah, and you're right. It it truly was like an insane season, like over the top, insane, like. All the way through the playoffs, too. That's one thing. Megatron, in his ultimate season, he didn't have the playoffs to kind of compile on top of his 
uh, you know, nearly 2,000-yard receiving season. Cooper took it all the way to the Super Bowl, MVP of the Super Bowl. It was elite the whole way, big catch that, that came back and, and beat Brady in the Bucks. Like, it, it, it just never stopped. So an encore performance to that is is certainly going to be the most difficult of feats. But I agree, even a, even a regression, um, obviously not to the mean, but, but if uh, even a standard deviation or so will pay from where he was, he's still going to be a very, very safe, comfortable asset. You're very confident if he's your wide receiver one like you you're like yeah i can i, I he's rocking like he's gonna carry he's gonna pick up the slack week over week if my wide receiver two doesn't have a great week cooper cup is uh is an asset on your team turtle talk to us about your your main guy your wide receiver one yeah he you know i, I don't even understand how i got him back the uh the owner that came into the league just kind of he let him he let him go to me i mean i gave up a lot to get him um, but in that same trade, I acquired Christian McCaffrey. So obviously, you know, he saw the age thing as a weakness, mm-hmm. but like Jay just said, you know, these wide receivers don't even technically go into their prime until they're 29 years old. That's usually when these guys are having their wide, wide receiver one season. So I feel very comfortable with Cooper cup being the wide receiver one tied to Matt Stafford on a very good LA Rams team for a few more years. You know, he's not a guy that I'm going to move unless a crazy offer comes in. Like Jay got me thinking last night about it, but I still couldn't do it. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, so I feel very confident with him and I think he will have a regression. There's no, there's no, it would be so crazy for him to repeat those numbers. I mean, he almost had 2000 yards receiving. That's insane. Yeah. You know, so I'm so going, let me, yeah, let me, go for let me it. Just- probe a little bit there more um the the recent changes in the wide receiver room Allen robinson coming in um obviously van jefferson not going anywhere potentially odell crashing the party in november Uh, any of that scare you off or you just like you know i think i think that no i think that's gonna open up more things for cup because i mean Allen Robinson has proved that he he's a great wide receiver. He had a, obviously a very down year last year and, and even the year before. But, you know, I think that's going to open things up for Cooper Cup because his route, route running is just way too elite. And I don't know if they're going to be double teaming him. Like, he's not – do you guys think that they would try to double team Cooper Cup all game? So, Jay, I'll let you take that one first because I, I probably have a more long-winded answer. Yeah, I I don't don't think they're gonna double Cooper all game. I mean, even when they did it in the Super Bowl, you saw what happened. Yeah, they had they had two three people covering him, and somehow he still found a way to bust through some seams and and make runs after the catch. It just seemed like nothing anyone did was gonna stop him. So I think teams are gonna take a different approach to defending them this year, even with Robinson on the other side of the field. And you know, if whether or not they bring OBJ back or they go with a Van Jefferson type. Um, you know, in the receiving core, uh, I, I just don't think that that's going to be the answer because mm. they're going to have to they're, gonna, they're just going to have to play a different style of defense on that back end and maybe make Stafford check the ball down or go different routes. But I, I don't mm-hmm. think a double team on every play is going to be the answer. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I'll take it a step further, too, and I'll, I'll try to keep this concise is in the NFL um, in fantasy circles, you'll hear it more. Than, than meets reality. There'll be this, oh, he's the only guy available. He's the only weapon. They're going to just double team him out of the game. I can't think of a more um, straw man argument than that because it just doesn't hold water when you get to the NFL. Because as much as you want to kind of rack on some of these guys, you know, we have, we poke fun at Byron Pringle and, and, and guys like going over as wide receiver twos. They're still in the NFL. They are still far and away superior athletes at a job that they're getting paid millions of dollars to do for a reason. Mm. So everyone can have a bad half. People can go in, make halftime adjustments, and and game plan someone out who had a great first half. A guy getting double teamed going in, you know, a really bad first half, their team coaches, and they might not do it one game or two games, but – Coaching staffs are going to come around and scheme. Even the, the worst coaching staffs are going to scheme and game plan people in. And if you're an elite asset, you're, one of your jobs is to excel 
in adverse circumstances, double teams being one of them. If we look, and I don't want to spend too much time on this topic, but if we just look to Kyle Pitts' season last year, he struggled. The, the, the team didn't scheme him out of it. They were using Cordero Patterson to try to open things up. He struggled. He, he had a good season, but he had one touchdown, I believe. Uh, he didn't do a lot with the, the amount of targets and, and looks that he got. But he was a rookie. As you mature in your career, you're going to be asked to do more, and, and the elites will separate. And if they can't, defenses are going to stop double-teaming those people because they're not worthy of a double-team. So, And even if you do double-team, again, it's, it's, all, it's a small percentage of the plays where it actually happens. It'll be, even if a large percentage of, of 40 to 50% of the game, that means if you're looking for a fantasy floor of 12 to 14 points, that is still very manageable in the other 50 to 60% of plays that game. Mm. It's not an argument that holds water with me. Rant over and moving on to number four. A.J. Brown, uh, as Jay said, that was his number four. Uh, that was your number three, Turtle. And I ranked him number seven. That was high for me. I need to say I'm, he's not a favorite. I'm, Jay, earmuffs, I know he's your player. He's not a favorite of mine. I draft him in our Dynasty startup. Nothing but heartache. I'm ranking him in protest. I That's have a little protest. Age and talent got him on this board. Injury is the biggest thing in my mind. Is what sticks with me. As Jay said, he gets a bad rap and all that. But it's been nothing but heartbreak for me. Uh, but again, age and talent wins in Dynasty, you got to think. He still got to number seven, almost cracked the top half of the top 12. Number seven is a very respectable number in my mind. But take it away, guys. You both ranked him number three, respectively. Yeah, I just think uh, – I think A.J. Brown's another one of those just elite athletes. He's he's basically – you know, he's similar to Jamar Chase and, and Justin Jefferson when he gets the ball and when he stays on the field. He, he has that game-breaking speed and that those electric – plays where where you're just like holy crap how'd that guy just do that so if he can stay on the field he's clearly their wide receiver one mm-hmm. bringing in robert woods is a great move like it's the same concept it's the same concept of it's like we just talked about with alan robinson where it's going to open things up more they're not going to be able to rely on derrick henry forever and i just think that aj brown if he could stay healthy which is a huge hypothetical he will have wide receiver one type numbers for years mm-hmm yeah, I agree with you, Turtle. Uh, you know, he's got all the physical tools. And I'm looking for a bounce back from Tannehill this year. I mean, he had a great season two years ago. Tannehill struggled last year with all the injuries. They brought in Julio to be the number two. That didn't pan out. So I'm hoping with the addition of Woods, maybe one of the young guys stepping up like a Westbrook Ilkline or, you know, a Des Fitzpatrick, or if they add somebody in the draft, that'll take some of the, the pressure off and really open things up for A.J. Yeah, he was one of the guys that when I did trade him away, I was like oh, a little regretful. I was like hitting up Noah every couple of days and be like, hey, can I get A.J. Brown back? Like, what do you need for A.J. Brown back? <laughs> so it was just like one of those things where I'm like, dang, like a little bit of trader's remorse because of just how, how young he is. You know, I was trying to I was trying to get my wide receiver room just a little bit younger. I was able to do that with acquiring Pittman and now having Deontay Johnson. But, you know, I wanted to just get that one more young wide receiver where I was going to feel just a little bit better than having two 28-year-olds on my roster. <laughs> That's we tried, I had no could, idea that was going on behind the scenes. <laughs> There's a lot going on behind the scenes, bro. A lot. We definitely could have got you younger last night. You propped that cup trade for 30 seconds. I got the alert on my phone, went to smash <laughs> except, and it was gone. And uh, then you and I started texting, and it was kind of funny. But hey, Elijah Moore, a first-round pick for Cooper Cup, was propped in my inbox for about 10 seconds. <laughs> and all you said to me was, cold feet, question mark. I was like, the coldest, bro. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, sometimes it's like, I've gotten a few of those too, where it's there for a quick second, and it's like, then then the other person gets smart to it, you know? So, Just, yeah, I mean, A.J. Brown, if he's healthy, he's going to be fine, because all those struggles that you were mentioning last year, Jay, I don't know if you know this, but uh, please know it, Tannehill, still a QB1 last year, he finished as the quarterback twelve. Mm. And uh, wow. four point touchdown scoring. I, it's crazy. It was. It's crazy. He elevated because he he has a little sneaky on the the, the rushing. He kind of gets in there, 
Probably a little bit less of that around the goal line and stuff with Derrick Henry back, but he got a little boost there. But yeah, despite AJ in and out of the lineup, Julio barely playing. Yeah, and maybe that's that's just another point in favor of the people who kind of hoard the uh, the, the high end talent at QB when when Tannehill, despite all that sees all that crap, is your quarterback twelve. It's maybe not that attractive, right? So um, yeah, take it either way. But the 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 positive way you could spin it is healthy AJ Brown, Robert Woods. Um, yeah, if Derek Henry back, this offense could be humming. Uh, we'll see. All right, moving on. Number five. This one almost dead nuts even across the board. Uh, Devontae Adams was Jay and Tyler's number five. He was my number four, so I liked him a little bit more than the rest of you, but only slightly. Um, I, I, I really don't think there's something that you can say wrong about Devontae Adams. He's the consummate professional. Um, he got everything he wanted. He got the money he wanted. He got the team he wanted. He got the quarterback he wanted, and he did it with he did it with maintaining his integrity the whole way. You didn't hear a peep from him, nope. and he just got everything. Like consummate professional, he's going to go down there. He's going to take care of business. Uh, Carr is a is apparently a close personal friend. Um, they, he bought a house directly next door. I know we're talking off the field stuff and, and, and how much stock you put into these things may or may not matter to you, but he's stepping in it as the alpha. Let's put it that way. He's going to have Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. If we talk about, you know, a double team option, teams had all the, the, the time in the world with the other talent support in Green Bay to double-team Devontae. That never worked out. Now, granted, Rodgers was throwing the ball, but Carr is an underrated deep thrower in my mind. And now, you know, you got a slot guy. you got another big body in Waller. Um, it's it's going to be hard to, to, you know, keep safety help over the top because then if not, Carr will just check it down and, and, and beat you over the middle. I think... Um, Devontae, yeah, he might be taking a little step back in terms of his volume, but we got him as the number fifth because his floor is, is so safe and high in my mind. Um, nothing but good things to say about Devontae. I think he's, he's just wonderful, um, on and off the field. Would love to have him on my, on my fantasy football team. I tried to sneak him in a trade today. (laughs) We'll toss it over to you. You just shut that down. Yeah, I couldn't see it happening. I mean, I think I acquired him at a really good price when the Twitterverse was scaring Turtle, when the uh, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> retirement slash he was leaving Green Bay. So I think I may have got him at a slight discount. So I was uh, more than happy to add him personally to my squad. I think if he was going to leave Green Bay, Vegas was the perfect landing spot as far as you know him being happy because I think that that plays a role in, in a player's productivity as well. And um, let's not lose sight of the fact that the AFC West is going to be literally the wild, wild West. And these games are going to be unreal. So they are going to have to score to keep up with all of these other teams. I can't wait to watch this team and that division play football this year. That's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. You know, the craziest part of everything, I've had all of these players on my roster at one point or the other. Besides (laughs) for Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, I've had every single other player we've talked about for a long extended period of time. But my take on Devontae is he's moving back with his college quarterback, and he is going to tear shit up. <sighs> that is it. I, it's so simple. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. I mean, it's thumbs up across the board for Devontae. If you ask, hey, you heard nothing but good things. He's elite. He's, you know, perennially the, you know, maybe just short of Cooper Cup, but historically drafted as a wide receiver one. We're talking dynasty. Legitimately, the only thing holding him back is is just his age, um, 29. So not that he doesn't have good years in front of him still. But, um, you know, if we're talking A.J. Brown, Chase, and Jefferson, the thought is he just has less of those good years in front of him than those guys, right? Mm-hmm. So swinging back on the youth, uh, on the youth side of things, our uh, consensus number six, and if I look, um, he was Turtle, your number nine. He was my number eight. And Jay's number six um, averaged out to be the overall number six is C.D. Lamb. Now, he obviously, he's got opportunity now. He has um, Amari Cooper gone, Cedric Wilson gone, 
And what did they bring in? James Washington? Um, is is that even? Yeah, that, I think that's that's right. James Washington and Gallup there, and and Gallup, correct, recovering from the ACL. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know, Turtle. Have you owned CD Lamb too? Yes. Okay. I did. Why, why, for a very why don't for we what? start with you? He's not on your roster anymore. Uh, maybe you want is is CD Lamb a fraud? You think? Um, is I don't. He, is he nah. on here because of youth, or is he he great? Nah, he's not a fraud. CD's great. I uh, I got scared of CD, and I went with the uh, the more explosive option with Tyreek Hill, so I acquired it. It was basically like a, a, a one-for-one swap, but I think I got somebody on top of it. So it was a good in my favor. Everybody kind of was like, why did you do that? And, you know, I think the reason why is because I don't trust Dak. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are going to say otherwise, but me personally being a Giants fan and just seeing what Dak does, I don't trust him that much. And... um I think Michael Gallup has an opportunity to flourish into a very good wide receiver, too, who's going to take up a good chunk of that target share. And don't forget they have Dolan Schultz as well, who's going to be a very good red zone target. So I see CD doing well. He passed 1,000 yards last year. He had 120 targets. He had 79 receptions, so I think that he will eclipse that since Amari is not there. But you know what? It was just a, it was a vicious decision on my part. It was a preference thing. So okay. CD's going to be great, but being a, being a Giants fan, it's tough to really root for a Cowboy. <laughs> hey, fantasy's about having fun. You got to like the guys that are on your team. 100%. Yeah. Jay, you liking uh, CD? I'm actually shocked that I was the high man on CD here because I have been all over the map on CD Lamb mm. since he got drafted. And I had him on my team for about 30 seconds this week during all the trading frenzies that I had going on. <laughs> And um, I don't even think he unpacked his bags. But uh, I do believe in Dak. I think last year was kind of almost like a, a, a running back coming back from the ACL. That first year is a little bit rough, a little yeah. bit of rust. And, and I'm hoping that this year he's back to old Dak. But, um, you know, I like the talent. I like the opportunity. Uh, I definitely see Dallas drafting somebody because Jerry Jones is crazy and sees the big flashy receiver and he's going to have to jump on him, uh, Traylon Burks. But, uh you know, so I think he'll have somebody on the other side that'll help out with young talent that'll be outside of Washington and Gallup. But uh, I just think it's age opportunity, and I believe in Dak. So that's why he's my number six. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think I think CD. Uh, I'll I'll circle back to CD. Let's let's just put a pin in CD. We'll circle back to him in just two spots. Uh, but let's move on to our consensus number seven. This is uh, DK Metcalf. I think. Uh, another guy who's just universally liked across the board. Um, Tyler, he was your wide receiver 10. He was my wide receiver 9, and he was Jay's wide receiver 8. Let's stick with you, Jay. Uh, you had him the highest. Talk to us. Break down DK. Uh, another one. I know he's losing big time at quarterback here because I probably would have had DK up right behind Devontae uh, and ahead of Lamb if he still had Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. So uh, the fall, the fall off on quarterback to me is just way too big here. Whether it be Geno Smith, Drew Locke, or Baker Mayfield, whoever ends up being the starter there, just you can't discount that enough. Yeah. And and that's really the only knock I have on it. I mean, the guy does everything well. Um, he's done it since the day he stepped into the league. And he's just a physical specimen, but mm-hmm. you, you just can't discount that quarterback play. Yeah, I mean, we we say a lot, you know. We say a lot, talent wins out, right? But the, the talent wins out kind of trump card should generally be if a situation is close, go with the more who you perceive to be the more talented person, you know, even if they're in an inferior situation. And you to know your what? point, Jay, uh, one second, Turtle. To your point, Jay, I just think the Russell Wilson drop off to QBX is just, it's hard to pull out that card uh, of talent wins out. Sorry, Turtle, go right ahead. Oh, no, you're good. I That's my my apologies on that. Um, I was going to say, DK is like one of those QB-proof type wide receivers. We saw what he did with Geno Smith last year in a few of those games, which is great to see. But DK has to slip down the rankings until he gets a quarterback. If this man went to Green Bay and got paired up with Aaron Rodgers, he would be above all of these other players. So it really is so dependent on who is throwing you the ball. I think it's fair, right? Here are the notes I wrote down for DK. I said, screwed by situation, it's a hodl season. 
hold yeah. on to real life if you're the the DK owner, and you got to pray for a a new QB or b a trade, right? And I th- I think we've touched on all that, right? It you got to think even if if this happens to be a crap year, maybe they they get a pretty high pick or they trade up next year, and it's one of the top QBs, right, to 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 replace Russell. Or, um, like Jay said, I don't think you can start Gino or Locke. I think that is just folly from the get-go. But Jimmy G and Baker are the ones being floated out there as potentials. Jimmy G may be less so because that would be interdivision. Um, if they cut Jimmy as a post-June cut, he can go anywhere he wants and, and potentially end up back there. I don't think the Niners should be scared of a, a Jimmy-led Seattle offense. However, that's neither here nor there. The boils down to this season – you got to hold on for deal, dear life if you're the owner and pray for better things. Now, that's not a good strategy, and that's why he is where he is below these other guys outside of the top six. Despite possibly one or two years ago, if you were doing a dynasty startup, he might have been the number one wide receiver off the board. He hasn't had a precipitous fall, but he is a bit of a victim of circumstance of, of where he's at right now uh, and the talent that surrounds him. So no fault of his own, but you got to ding him. I think that's the right call. Mm. Yeah, well said. Very well said. All right. Our number eight, we are sticking with the youth guys, but you, you can't hate on this guy, T. Higgins. Um, he was my number 10. I'm the T. Higgins owner, but I had him, I think. No, I had him the second lowest. I had him at 10. Jay, you had him at 11. Um, there was some love given from Tyler that got him up the range. You had him at number seven. He ended as the uh, consensus number eight. Now, I'll swing it over to you, Turtle. I just want to preface. Uh, I said we'd swing back to CD. Here's why I want to sing, swing back to CD Lamb, right? CD Lamb, perceived by many as, as elite, and obviously he doesn't have a Jamar Chase in front of him. But he's played his two seasons with Amari Cooper, and I'm not comparing Amari Cooper to Jamar Chase. But here are the side-by-side first-year and second-year receivers of CD Lamb and uh, T. Higgins. Rookie season, C.D. Lamb, 111 targets, 74 receptions. Higgins, 108 targets, 67 receptions. Okay, three less targets, seven less grabs. C.D. Lamb, 935 yards, five TDs. T. Higgins, 908 yards, six TDs. Mm-hmm. 30 less yards, one more touchdown. Okay, sophomore season, Jamar Chase enters the picture for T. Higgins. What happens? Uh, his receptions go up by seven. He gets, he went from 67 receptions on 108 targets to now 74 receptions on 111 targets. So uh, basically flattened the target department receptions increased. He broke a thousand yards. He went up by about 200 yards receiving to 1091 and stayed flat with six touchdowns. Okay. How does that sophomore season compared to CD's sophomore season, their same draft class? Uh, 110 targets for Higgins. That was 111 for CD. 74 receptions. CD, 74 receptions. Higgins, 1,091 yards, as we said. CD, 935 yards. Higgins, six touchdowns. CD, five touchdowns. Um, no, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Scratch that. I was, uh, I was rereading the same, same one. Uh, it was... 10 more uh, targets for CD. Sorry about that. that. CD had 120 targets, 79 receptions, so five more. 1,102 yards, so uh, 12 more yards, and six TDs. Basically, the same season. 10 more targets, five more receptions, 12 more yards, same amount of t- TDs. Yet, CD is considered a tier or two above T. Higgins. I don't see it. I see the same player. Um one was fighting with Cooper, one was fighting with Chase, and I, you know, not much else in his rookie season. But I think they're both great. I think we all think they're both great. We're ranking them appropriately here. Um, what, what, what do you say? Is he just is he is it impossible for T. Higgins to be the wide receiver one on his team, or is it within the realm of possibility that until Jamar Chase? produces that second dominant season outproduces T Higgins that it should still be an argument of who the wide receiver one is in Cincinnati. I don't disagree with you. I mean, just look at, just look at Higgins. I mean, even, even his body type, he, he is the, he is the 
X receiver, 6'4", 215. You know, he's the big body that's going to be going down, and he's going to be making the red zone the red zone catches. And you know what? He's, he's so young where he, we don't even know what he's going to bloom into. So just being paired with Joe Burrow helps his cause. And I don't think that there's a situation where – both of the guy, both Jamar Chase and T. Higgins can't have similar numbers throughout the year and coexist because it's looking like that's what's happening. So I don't even know who you can put at WR one versus WR two because they are such they're going to be so even for years. It's what it's looking like. Any given day, T. Any given game, T. Higgins can explode. You know, so it's, and he it's does. Just, and yeah, he does. and he does. That, that That's what I mean. So, like, it's, 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 it's hard to say who's going to be the perennial wide receiver one on that offense just because they're both such great talents. And, and it's not going to really matter what the stats say at the end of the year. Both of them guys are going to help the Bengals win games. So, mm-hmm. it's really hard to say, all right, this guy's the wide receiver one or this guy's the wide receiver one. I think that they're going to coexist for years and it's going to be one of the, one of the better duos that's ever played football. Jay, you want to give any T, uh, T Higgins love before we move on? Yeah, yeah, I know I was the low man on Higgins, but that's no knock on his talent or what they got going on. I just really struggled in this 8-12 to 12 territory mm-hmm. on shuffling these guys up. I think you know normally you would stay away from starting two guys from the same team, but I would have no problem if I had Higgins and Chase in a dynasty-like format when drafting them in different years. So I, I don't think you can go wrong being tied to Burrow and um, – having Higgins here is, is no, no problem for me. Uh, probably best receiver room in the league. Now that Antonio Brown's out of Tampa Bay. Yeah. And, and quite honestly, the point I wanted to get across is like, you know, if you take away the player and I gave you the stats um, and you knew CD stats, you might mistake CD for T right. So it's like the proper respect to, to these players, um, you know, it, it, it Potentially is elevated by Joe Burrow being a great QB, but but Dax, you know, nothing to sneeze at. I, I think I think we just got that good of a player on our hands, like like you said, Turtle. His yeah, type and his archetype is just um, it's it's what the elite guys are made of. Exactly, and you know the craziest part about it, you got T Higgins at a very good deal. Like you gave away Terry McLaurin, who has another um, very bad situation with his quarterback. And you, I think you gave up like a, a late first round pick. So, I mean, it's not like you overpaid crazy for the man. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you got a really good steal with that guy because he's, he's so young and he's going to be doing it for a very long time. I'm certainly happy with it. Now, T Higgins was our last consensus. The one, last player at our overall wide receiver eight that appeared on all three of our top 12 boards, right? So, from here on out, we're going to be talking of, of folks who appeared on two, and that makes it interesting, right, why someone did, did not rank a player. So the next guy on the list is, is Tyree Kill coming in at the consensus number nine. He was my wide receiver five, and he was Jay's wide receiver seven. Turtle, the resident Tyree Kill owner, left bias out of it, and he was not ranked in the top 12. Now, you know, we know Tyreek, there, there's no need to quote his stats. He's not like he's one or two years in the league. It's not a fluke, right? It was might have been a fluke after the first few. He's catching punts. He's explosive. He's this tiny guy. No. He is, he is a – we were talking about archetype and player sizes. This guy is something that, that we haven't seen prior to him entering the league and sustaining what he's done at an elite level year after year. Yes, he was linked to Mahomes. Yes, he's now with Tua Tagovailoa. But what we also need to consider is he's elite, and he probably just needs to build rapport with Tua um, to really get unlocked. If we think about how the defenses played um, the Kansas City Chiefs last year, they played cover two. They took away the deep ball, and after Mahomes kind of struggling through that, Tyreek was fine. He played more of the short area of the field, the first and the second, third zones, as opposed to the the over-the-top type play. And once they started clicking, it was fine. People dog on the two a deep ball, and I'm not a big fan of two of myself, but I will say Tyreek's elite in, 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 in a phone booth. He's going to lose you in a phone booth. And if Tua can hit him in the short routes, you're going to be absolutely fine. When we're talking dynasty – and we're looking at three-year, four-year horizons. He just got the money. 
He's going to be there tied to this guy. The coach is invested into a, I think it's a stable situation for Tyreek. And we're talking elite speed and not wins. That's going to get you those spike weeks. Now he's going to have potentially lower ceilings, but maybe the floor comes up too a little bit with just Tua kind of being that, you know, check down type deal. And if they get him in space. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. Jay, you also had him ranked, but let's talk Tyreek before we ask Tyler why he didn't rank him. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the small hit, I mean, I, Tyler will tell you, you know, during all of our trade discussions, I'm not a big Tyreek guy, but there's no uh, denying the talent. I think there's a small discount going from Mahomes to Tua, but if you look at what Miami's doing with that offense, it is 100% pedal to the metal speed. Adding Chase Edmonds in the backfield, Cedric Wilson to go with Waddle and Hill. It's going to be speed all the time. So I think that they're going to take advantage of the talents of the guys that they have, and and you're going to see Hill flourish in that offense, whether it's Tua or somebody else down the road. Because if Tua fails, Teddy Bridgewater has supported uh, top elite level, top 12 wide receivers before. So I'm not really afraid of what Hill's going to do in Miami overall. Yeah. And I I think you made a good point too, right? It's like – you can say these things. You can believe a player. There's also, like, the feel of, like, would you want that guy in your team? And that might be because of the hills and the valleys that are created with how certain players are boom bust or what have you. Turtle was just talking about it with CD, right? It's just it's not his type of player to have on his team, even though he rates him highly. Um, so that that's perfectly valid, and it's it's interesting how we each feel that way about different players as as we as we talk through the different names. Turtle, we'll swing it over to you before moving on. Tyreek, he was an honorable mention. You passed along a few honorable mentions, but if you wanted to say a few kind words um, in terms of, of of what you expect for him over the next few years. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to undermine Tyreek's value at all. He's done what he's done for the past many years, and he's done it at such a high level. But the switch over to um, the Dolphins just kind of scares me a little bit, especially since they have uh, Jalen Waddle there. So I don't know how the ball is going to be spread out. I do know that, like Jay said, it's going to be speed, speed, speed. Um, but until I see it for myself and see that Tua can get him the ball and, and be a, a solid quarterback, I'll just keep him out of the rankings for now. Not that I don't think it's a lack for talent. It's just not seeing, not being able to see it is is kind of throwing me off. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, then let's stick with you, right? The next guy in our consensus ranks was Jalen Waddle. It was uh, you and I ranking him as opposed to to Jay, who had him unranked. You had him at eight, Tyler. I Mm -hmm. had him at six, uh, back to back with Tyreek. Why don't you you take the first stab at at breaking down Jalen? Yeah, I mean, we saw what he did last year. He was a target hog, and that's the reason why it kind of scares me uh, with Tyreek. I mean, I think that I think that he will maintain that uh, relationship with Tua this year. So that that means they have to figure out a way how to utilize Tyreek as well. Um, it's just more mouths to feed than what. I don't want to say that more mouse feed than Tyreek is used to, but it kind of is because Kelsey knew what his role was. Tyreek knew what his role was. They didn't really use the running game. Now the Dolphins have a whole new offensive scheme. They're going to be using Edmonds out of the backfield. Hopefully they'll be using uh, uh, Tyreek out of the backfield as well. And then I think they're just going to feed Waddle. And then they threw what? Seven, I forget if it was seven million a year, eight or nine million a year at Cedric Wilson to play the slot. It's, there's a it's, lot of people yeah. down there. It's muddled. Yeah, it's muddled. But I think that they'll figure out a way. So, you know. Um, yeah. I so, just liked what Waddle did last year a lot, to be honest. I mean, how could you not, right? As a rookie, the third most targets ever as a rookie wide receiver and the number one, that's number one, folks, most receptions by a rookie. He had Insane. 140 targets, 104 receptions. 1,015 yards and six touchdowns. I think your point's well taken, right, which is Tyreek Hill needs to come in and, and build the rapport with Tua. Jalen yep. Waddle has that rapport. Yeah, exactly. That's so it. That's it. It's a leg up. Um, Jay, you didn't rank Jalen. You did rank Tyreek. Was it just uh, the body of work with Tyreek, or are you just, you're just not really a Jalen Waddle guy? No, I mean, there's no denying what he did last year. He was my number 14, so he was right on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think with the little bit of regression you're going to see from a historic rookie season, plus adding a guy like Hill to take away from some of those numbers, um, he just moved down a little bit for me. But I like what he does, and, I, and I'm excited to actually to see what they do with that offense and see if Tua can take advantage of what they have there. 
Okay. All right, cool. Um, the next number 11, that brings us to wide receiver 11 on the consensus ranks, is Debo Samuel. He went unranked by me personally, but Tyler, you had him all the way up at number six. Jay, you had him at number 10. Um, he didn't make my top 12. Uh, Tyler, you had him high. Let's talk about Debo, who's now uh, holding out, right? Yeah, he's holding Actually, out. Yeah. I mean, Debo is just a weapon. I think that since the uh, 49ers figured out a way to use him, he just if he can maintain a good bill of health, he's going to continue to have elite seasons. Just by the way they use him. They use him out of the backfield. They use him on screens. They use him across the middle. So, I mean, he has all the tools to really be such a stud in the NFL for a long time. Mm-hmm. We know that he has a pretty decent injury history, or at least he did. I guess, I guess last year he proved everyone wrong. So that's good to see, but I, I think that I think that if they can maintain utilizing him without getting him hurt, he's going to continue to produce very, very well. Jay, what are your thoughts? I'll, I'll reserve mine for the end. Yeah, I mean, I have Debo here at number 10. I, I was on the fence on this one. I almost left him out as well, like you did, Matt. Um, you know, obviously there's no denying what he did last year. It was amazing, but – you know, you look back the season before seven games played, even when he played 15 games in 2019, 57 receptions. So I'm not seeing a consistent elite level play. Um, I just think the way they used him last year was really suited his skill set. Yeah. With not seeing Trey Lance on the field, is he going to be the starter? Is it going to be Jimmy G? What's that offense going to look like? There's a, so many question marks in San Francisco that I, I left them down at number 10. I may regret it, but that that's probably the main reason why. Okay. All right. You guys get your burn cream ready because, because I'm going to bring the fire here. It is is hot take. He's off my list. You know what? Debo to me is your 2021 wide receiver fraud. Let me list you a few names going back a few years. All right. We got um, Juju Smith Schuster. We got Devante Parker. We got Calvin Ridley. The, over the past three years, these are guys who have finished in the top six once, never to be seen again, right? I think Debo is your 2021 guy who's coming. He, he had one little taste of success. It's drama season. I deserve everything in the world. That, to me, what is he doing? He's going down a Michael Thomas career path. Wow. He's going through – I am God's gift to the wide receiver position. I'm unlike anything ever seen. Can't guard Mike. And now it's like, you know, Debo the bulldozer. (laughs) Guys, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he is your guy who is going to fall by the way of Juju and Devonta. And that's fine, right? Those guys, and even Calvin Ridley, health, whether it's physical or mental health, can have fine little NFL careers. But your perennial top six uh, wide receiver, which these guys had their finishes in, it's not happening. Like Michael Thomas had that his year. It's not happening year after year for Debo. It, the, the 49ers aren't built to support a guy like that. Physically, Debo's not going to be able to hold up to that type of pounding between the tackles lining up as a traditional running back. It's just not happening for him. He's off of my top 12. I don't like him up there. He's not a safe asset for me if I'm trying to build around a wide receiver core in Dynasty. See you later, Debo. All right. Peyton, so, Peyton Hillis, Debo Samuel, I hear you. Yeah, there you go. He's not going to be happy to hear that, though. All right. Well, that's off my chest. Don't even get me started on this next guy, DJ Moore. He is <laughs> he, he is another one who was ranked by two of us. He's rounding out the top 12 consensus. He, guess whose list he's not on? My list. Jay, he's your number 12. Tyler, he's your number 12. Um, when we get to that number 12, it's like, you know, he got in there over maybe some other people, right? So why don't you talk about DJ and then maybe talk about some of your honorable mentions who didn't sneak in as a result of DJ making that number 12 spot. I thought I put Deontay in there at the number 12 spot. You sure? Deontay was your 11, Turtle. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Okay, so we'll talk about DJ more. I mean, um... He's kind of gotten the shit end of the stick for his whole career. He hasn't had a good quarterback, and he still puts up pretty good numbers. Um, so I guess everybody's just holding out hope that he'll get a quarterback that could actually uh, feed him what he deserves. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still very young. 
and he's a very he's a very good talent. I mean, I could I could definitely do without DJ Moore. Like he's not he's not a, a guy that I'm targeting in any of my dynasty leagues heavily. Like I know some of these dynasty analysts, all they talk about is DJ Moore. Um, Makes me but, sick. <laughs> but but you know what? He's still a good player, and I think if he gets that that. That even quarterback, even the Baker Mayfield, I think can carry him a bit better than Sam Darnold can, um, or any of his past quarterbacks really, because he's he has gotten the shit end of the stick. But I, I don't I don't hate DJ Moore. He's not he's not like a he's not like your Debo, you know. Mm. Okay, Jay, uh, you had DJ Moore at twelfth. Yeah, I agree with Turtle 100%. Uh, I think he's got all the tools to make it happen. He's flashed with bad quarterbacks to mediocre quarterbacks. So if this guy was to get somebody even in the, you know, 12 to 16 range at QB, it might unlock some of that potential. Um, As far as other guys who I ranked, the only one that I didn't, that I ranked that didn't end up in the top 12 was Stefan Diggs. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think he uh, has done it the last couple of years outside of that last year in Minnesota where he had some drama, but since he's moved to Buffalo, he's, he's been a a damn good receiver and, um, you know, like I said earlier, I had uh, Jalen Waddle on the out, just on the outside, and uh, Chris Godwin, which I just nicked a little discount because of returning from the injury um, mm-hmm. this year. But overall, in dynasty, I think Godwin's still a a great score. Yeah, you know what? DJ Moore's had um, three consecutive thousand plus yard seasons. He's not a big touchdown scorer, but that's I think mainly in part to his uh, quarterback play. Yeah, I mean it, it's. It's not a bad call, right? He's he's got a high floor. Uh, yeah. Jay Moore has a high floor. Um, I, if he's your wide receiver one, I don't, I don't, I don't think you feel great about it. That that's mm-hmm. what I, that's where I would kind of start and end my argument. He's ranked as a wide receiver one, but if he's your wide receiver one on your team, uh, man, I I don't think you're feeling that that great about it. So he he's out for me. And and who's in is is kind of like what Jay said. With Stefan Diggs, if you're riding Stefan Diggs as your wide receiver one, tied to Josh Allen, even in dynasty with Stefan Diggs at 28 um, years old, I think you you feel good about it the next three years, even if they go make some noise either in the draft or Gabriel Davis ascends somehow, or um, you know they check down a bunch to Jamison Crowder. You're still feeling pretty good with with Stefan Diggs, you know, kind of kind of up there. Um, as your wide receiver one, or, or if you're blessed wide receiver two. So, mm. uh, all right. So that's the top 12 DJ Moore. The, the, a few guys who didn't make the top 12 that were on my list didn't make the consensus top 12 was, uh, Chris Godwin. You touched on him, Jason. Um, th- my, my take is TB Tampa Bay will always have, um, a wide receiver one, um, this year it might be Evans. If, if Godwin is, is, you know, on, on the men from the ACL, but if we're talking dynasty, I'd go with the younger asset. I like Chris Godwin um, to, you know, have have six more productive seasons ahead of him, and maybe Evans is in the two to three range. So, so that's the that's the edge for me. But I think Tampa is always going to be scoring points, and um, I, I like the way they're set up. And they brought basically all the talent they brought back this year was on three year deals. So we'll see how how that works out. And the other guy, this is my swing for the fences at number twelve. It was Amari Cooper, um, and that was solely based off of I went back and I looked at the overlap of Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins uh, in Houston, and this is what D Hop did with Deshaun Watson in his two years, which was twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. As the wide receiver one for Deshaun Watson, 2018, he went 115 catches off of 163 targets, 1,572 yards and 11 touchdowns. I mean, who wouldn't want a stat line like that? In 2019, there was a bit of a drop-off, but I'm st- we're still talking elite numbers here. 104 receptions on 150 targets, and... Um, it was 1,165 yards and seven touchdowns, so maybe 400 less yards and four less touchdowns. So that's where the drop-off occurs. But we're still talking, you know, 104, 1,165, and seven, which that second year in 2019 is probably more so Amari Cooper's type ceiling as opposed to 15, 72, and 11. But, I mean, you can't hate Deshaun Watson going in 
running around, chucking it deep. Amari Cooper, the far away favorite for, you know, being a target hog in that offense so long as he stays healthy. Do I feel happy with him as a wide receiver one? No, absolutely not. That that's that's a tough pill to swallow. But if I had to take a dart throw of trying to again, we're talking dynasty ranks, not redraft. I went, okay, Amari Cooper is going to be tied to Deshaun Watson for four years or DJ Moore trying to figure out who his quarterback is going to be. Uh, you know, whatever, I'll take Deshaun Watson. That's how I kind of split hairs down at the wide receiver 12 rank. Anyone that you guys wanted to mention before we before we break, we mentioned Stefan Diggs. I think the only guy we haven't talked about that was on anyone's list since we touched on Godwin and Cooper was Deontay Johnson. Yes, Deontay. That's my boy. And I'll tell you right now, he has had 254 receptions. That's the most out of, in, in, in his career, that's the most out of anyone from that 2019 draft. And that 2019 draft had guys like Debo, had guys like uh, Terry McLaurin, had Noah Fan, had, you know, some of these really pretty good players. So that, that speaks volumes of the type of player that Deontay is. And he's done that with uh, aging Ben Roethlisberger on the last few years of his uh, career. Yep. So, I mean, him getting Trubisky, people are joking on Twitter saying that it's an upgrade. I don't know if it's an upgrade. I don't know if they're even going to roll with Mitch Trubisky. But Deontay Johnson is a young, very athletic very gifted receiver that I will uh, put my chips chips in on on him. All right, I, I like him. Uh, I, I like those ranks. I like those players that uh, you know maybe didn't make the top twelve, but they're still solid players on the board. That's Diggs, Johnson, Godwin, and Cooper. Uh, Jay, any any final thoughts, or are we good to to wrap? No, I think we're pretty good. I, the only other group of receivers I would mention that could possibly break out and hit that 10, 11, 12 range would be like the McLaurin, Elijah Moore, Devonta Smith, Michael Pittman group. Like, I think any one of those guys could be take over like that DJ Moore spot right at the back end if they get some better quarterback play and a little more consistent. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to hype you up too much, Jay, but but who knows? Michael Thomas, he might be the only game in town, especially if Aaron, Alvin Kamara gets suspended. So uh, if he comes back with a vengeance, you know, do we see um, the good Michael Thomas and not the drama queen Michael Thomas? It's it's possible. Um, he, he could be, you know, a nice little late career renaissance after, you know, being off the radar for a few years. I wouldn't hate that. I <laughs> know you would not. That's the plan for you, yeah. All right, guys, we're going we're gonna to wrap it there. That's our wide receiver dynasty top 12 rankings. We thank you for listening, participating, and for those listening on the podcast in a day or two. Um, thanks for tuning in. Leave a listen, a like, a review, and uh, we'll be back next week. We'll talk quarterback top 10 dynasty rankings. We're, we'll keep it super flex. So all these guys in the top 12 will be very valuable commodities. And uh, until then... Take care. Thank you, guys. Hey, thanks for having me, fellas. You bet, Jay.